Welcome, everybody. It's episode four of the Undisputed Future podcast, which I am deeming the Back in Black edition. I am C.D. Danny Mac, and my right-hand man, as usual, the man with the smoking gun, Nikki Stunner. Hey, everyone. Nikki Six joining me for a fourth week in a row. Dude, this has been quite the journey so far. Everything's wait. going really awesome. It's been quite the turnout on both Reddit and uh, the Twitter page. Reddit, the Twitter's been blowing up. Guys, thank you for live-tweeting with me. Thank you for retweeting me. Undisputed Future Podcast personally gives a shout-out to From the Top Rope Podcast, as well as bits for you If you haven't checked them out, guys, certainly worth the follow on Twitter. Those guys have their fair share of wrestling knowledge as well. But we are tuning to NXT episode... 389. 389. Thank you, Nick, for writing those down each and every week for me. April 26th edition, and guys, the stacked card like we discussed last week. We have Amos versus McIntyre. We have Aleister Black versus Kona Reeves, as well as the UK Championship between Tyler Bate and Jack Gallagher. And this episode started off certainly explosively. Yeah, that's, not how it, that's not how it opened. Explosively. It opened with Nikki Cross and Ruby Riot. Wow. What a brawl. Wow. What a... From the beginning. The, the episode cuts and Nikki, Nikki Cross is in the ring. I, I think it just further proves my point that this is going to be one of the first matches in a while that we get that's going to be a woman stipulation match, a takeover. And I, I want to get your, your personal take on it. What do you think that stipulation is going to be? I think it's going to take crazy bounds to contain these women. I think we are seeing a page out of SmackDown Live's book, Nick. I'm going to go with we're going to see a steel cage match between these two. We're going to lock these two crazy chicks up in a cell and watch them beat the hell out of each other. I, as as awesome as that would be, i gotta I got to play devil's advocate here. I, I, I think it's too soon. We just saw Sanity in a cage match. We're not going to get another cage. I think that they're just going to let these two go all out and uh, no holds barred. Either that or um, false count anywhere. That's false, my personal opinion. False count anywhere. We'd like to get your opinion on both the Twitter and the uh, sorry, the SoundCloud. Uh, either way, get in contact with us. Let us know what you guys think the uh, stipulation should be at their pending takeover match. Pending match. Although we thought we were going to get a taste of that tonight, but we got more than a taste. Nikki Cross calling out Ruby Riot in one of the creepiest of ways. I, I think uh, I, I think poor ring announcer Kaylee still had the microphone in her hand as at first <laughs> creepy language going through Nikki Cross calling out Ruby Riot and Ruby Riot came out she answered the challenge of Nikki Cross and then from both sides of the ring full cell felt it Honestly, you felt it watching it on television but these two guys these two gals were were just waiting to get their claws on each Nikki other Nikki Cross is always she's she's always crazy but. Seems a little bit more unhinged with the the recent emergence of uh, Ruby Riot. Seems like she's just losing it. Something sparked it. her craziness even further. Being faced with a force equal to her own crazy, and for uh, every crazy reaction, there's an equal and opposite crazy reaction, my friend. So I guess that 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 happens to be Ruby Riot. So I, I can't wait to see where that ends up going. It was an amazing brawl. They what a confrontation! It, it wasn't a match. Was just just a it was like a fight brutal a fight unsanctioned fight just a straight up brawl between these two crazy chicks because Ruby Riot while being a nonconformist she made it the point that sanity wants people to conform to them and that is absolutely not something that she stands for and uh, I'm gonna have to be very behind this message Nick I think sanity just has that takeover over the NXT division at the moment. 
despite falling to Ty Dillinger, I really don't think there's a weak link in this group. Yeah, well, uh, that that's that's the big difference between Ruby Riot and Nikki Cross is the fact that when I said uh, before, Nikki Cross is unhinged. Ruby Riot is a calculated kind of crazy. Is very ying to the yang kind of a, a feud, and it's really nice to see. It's I like to see that kind of contrast instead of just the straight up heel face. They're similar but different. We saw six security guards, referees try on multiple occasions try to six separate these men. two. Six, six men, big men, full grown men, prospective talent sized men. If they weren't a, wearing a referee's and shirt, and some of them were some of them were security. Some of them may have been. Future prospects, but it took everything to separate these two. <laughs> Ruby Riot getting carried out in the back after numerous attempts. They were kicking, swinging, clawing at each other. It took getting Nikki Cross off of her gra- off the off ground her feet entirely. They literally had to grab her by all four. She was still swinging and just whatever still whatever throwing parts her of her arm were free. They were they were still swinging and they continue to battle with one another. Later in the evening, we would get a match announcement from William Regal to take place right before the United Kingdom Championship. But we'll cover that in a few minutes. Moving on to our glorious champions interview. Nick, he had something to say about Hideo Itami's confrontation to him last week. I don't know that Hideo Itami... I, I, I have to agree with you know our glorious champion to an extent. Is he up to the challenge? To come right off of uh, an injury like that, as many injuries he's had in a row... To jump right back into the title. One of the most in-demand titles in the WWE universe right now is the NXT champion. People are coming back, coming all over from around the world to get their hands on this title. And you want to talk major stars from around the world. Hideo Itami's name is I'm not almost saying at the top of the list. He is the man not... is innovated. The man was a huge Japanese star, like the last face of NXT. I'm not Shinsuke saying Nakamura. that he is not a, a star in his own right. I'm saying that he has had some setbacks and needs to prove to the NXT and the WWE Universe that he's not a fly-by-night situation, that he's not going to get injured and have to relinquish his championship, because we've seen that enough times. We've been devastated by that. A few personal favorites are definitely on that list. Exactly. Exactly. What, Edge? Edge. Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan. Like, there's this... this, Shawn Michaels, at one point, lost his smile and had to give up the title. All right, don't laugh. That was the heartbreaking as, as, you know, convenient. I'm laughing at the similar rhyme. I'm not laughing at that situation. That was so... It was, you know, I I, I love Shawn Michaels, so that was... was, You don't... You never want to see an injured champion, but Hideo Itami is back. He's ready to go. He was ready for a very highly... High-octane feud in Austin Aries that we got short of. I don't think we're getting shorted of his championship attempt. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Of his championship attempt. I'm not saying he's winning the match in Chicago. I'm not saying that he's even earning a match right away at Chicago, which was to the point of our champion tonight. Hideo Itami just got back. It's a new NXT. I don't see it in the new NXT the way Bobby Roode is delusioning himself to see in the new NXT. I see it. I see it. I see the glorious aura. It's all the shiny. Everywhere. It's all the shiny robes and hot chicks. It's all just that. It's that appeal. It's that you hate them because you ain't them. And I'm buying it. I'm buying every single so bit good. of what Bobby Roode is selling. But uh, I'm rooting for his opponents each and every single time, especially when it's two hard hitting, strong style comp- com- competitors in Hideo Itami. Get that out. 
and Shinsuke Nakamura. <laughs> but but uh, Hideo Itami is back. We will see his in-ring return next week. Back to what Bobby Roode was saying. It is a different NXT. I don't see it in that way. I see it as it's becoming its own brand. I don't see it as the Bobby Roode show. I don't see it as the Bobby Roode show. And I'll never see it as one particular person's show. Some people, when Finn Balor was around, you know, they called it the Finn Balor show and you know, involved around him. I don't, I don't see it that at all. No, we you know? see Undisputed Future as the talents go. Yeah, I, we see the big I picture see, of NXT. I see the That's big why we're here. Of NXT, and I, I, I always, uh, I just love the revolving door of talent that they always have. You know that open door policy. It's, it's one of the best things about NXT. But uh, pressing right on, um, let's get into. I was say you said that hot free next agents match all around the world. Drew McIntyre takes on Andrade Cien Almas in just one of the best. Matches. One of the best undercard matches you remember seeing on an NXT. Oh, on, on, the oh my. on the televised episode of NXT. That was That felt like a takeover match. Yeah, that was almost too good to be true, honestly. Like, that was just too good. Almas versus McIntyre, a hard-hitting match. Almas trying his cocky games. His, you know, his relaxing on the ropes. His, you know, laying down in the ring. Too cocky. Smiling at Too cocky McIntyre. at this point because it's, it's costing him matches. He's not taking his opponents seriously enough. A person like McIntyre is not someone to tread lightly on. A world-traveled veteran now, a former WWE, a former Intercontinental Champion, right. and almost decides to pull that kind of stuff. The guy's got a lot of talent, but he's really got to—he's he's, got to kick himself in the ass if he wants to be the main eventer that he wants to be seen as by William Regal. Let's talk about one particular spot in this match where Almas's cockiness got to him. Nick, he relaxed in the ropes and got his head kicked off his shoulders. That was just George. You heard that echo through full sail? It was just... Right then and there, I thought he should just learn his lesson. And he did. Almas tried to take it to McIntyre. He tried to take it to McIntyre. He was running from turnbuckle to turnbuckle. Tried. Running from turnbuckle to turnbuckle, slapping the guy in the face. McIntyre's eyes almost popped out of his head. He definitely brought a decent fight like Cien Almas always does. He always brings that intensity. Always a good match. He's always bringing great matches. He just doesn't resonate with the fans. He doesn't, whether it be like heel, he's not that great of a heel. I think the heel turn has done wonders for him. It's better than him as a face, absolutely. He's getting getting reactions. I mean, he he certainly got his fair share of booze in his match against Alex the Black. He's getting reactions, but when those reactions hinge on, you know, being compared to Alberto Del Rio and Eddie Guerrero. So you're asking what's going to separate him from the typical Latino heel superstar? Absolutely. What is going to make him different? from these other two people who have already mastered it. They've made great careers of being fantastic at what he's already doing. I think Almas is going to go, he's going to take off from his looks. Look, the guy was a luchador in Mexico. The guy took off his mask because he realized he can be vain enough to say, hey, I'm this good looking dude. I can pull off this pretty boy heel thing. And he's, I think he's fine with it. I think that's exactly where this should go if it's not already headed in that direction. But uh, Drew McIntyre is headed onward and upward with a victory on NXT with that big old finishing kick. Nick, I know you're a big fan of that Future Shock DDT, but... <sighs> I really want it to come back. Six foot five frame and his foot going through your head. It's, I've seen that in a karate fight, but running a, out of the turnbuckle is a completely different situation. That, it's that, a fantastic, that kick is fantastic finishing move. It's an awesome end to a match, but 
how many times and how many people are going to use different variations of kicks that we already have in the WWE, the NXT. There's just a lot of kicks right now. Look, people are using the sweet chin music as a regular move. like One Dolph Ziggler. Like, Kevin Owens. Just, yeah, exactly. It's just a normal move now. And, like, there's a lot of kicks in the WWE, like, but... I love that, the that rise one, of striking it, finishers, though. It looks cool, but at the same time, I feel that the Future Shock DDT set him apart from everyone else. It was a finisher that made a statement. The swing had a lot to do with the it. Swing, the swing did have a lot to do with his, it. Like, it was, but it I was don't... in mid-motion. He would, like, wrap his legs around the person so that, like, they got the full weight, his full weight added on to the DDT. It was a magical move. Honestly, like, it, it, it always took me by shock when he hit it. Like, it always looked absolutely stunning. I get that, you know, he needs something He needed new. a new finisher if he's he going to prove new. that he's reinvented himself. He That's my point. New. I get it. I love the rise of striking finishers in WWE, but I I, I like that Drew McIntyre has adapted that something different. I don't think that's going to cut it in the WWE. I don't think that's going to cut it as a finisher. I think he'll use that as a signature, but he will end up falling back on that future shock DDT. You think the main roster is going to... The main roster is going to call for that future shock DDT because some of the guys are just too... You know, they could take too much damage at this point. You know, they're veterans. They're ring veterans, a lot of them. You know, you got Jericho. You got uh, Owens, Brock, Rollins. They're all veterans. They're all ring generals. They take a lot of abuse. And a straight running kick to the face is going to stagger them, yes, but it is not going to end their death. I think end. coming from a six foot five frame, a guy as big and a guy as strong as Drew McIntyre, I, I think that that's going to take fun. out. You're gonna, that's going to take out Seth Rollins. That kick of one. I think Rollins will sell it like death. He'll do like three backflips oh, yeah, in the air, and he'll make it believable it. if he does get pinned by it. I don't. Think I don't want to see him get pinned by it. The undisputed future can't get. I can't admit that I want to see the guy with that nickname get pinned. Exactly. Moving on to guys with amazing kick finishers, we have. Such coverage on Roderick Strong. This episode, guys, if you don't know about Roderick Strong, I know my right-hand man here is a big fan of his, but if you don't know about Roderick Strong and you only watch the takeovers, watch the April 26th edition and stay tuned for the May 3rd edition because we get such an insight on his backstory. We got everything from him growing up to how he first started in the ring. I cannot wait for what part two has in store. All but part one was incredibly emotional. We already know that Roderick Strong is one of the most precise and aggressive wrestlers. We know him as the messiah of the backbreaker. But we don't know about the heartbreak that the guy has went through in the beginning of his life. It, I, I, gotta I, give I don't it know up how to he WWE. something like that. I gotta give it up to the WWE for a sec. Because while we're still technically in the PG era, they're, they're letting a man who has been through some real real things like real life troubles real stuff like his mother shooting his father like that's something i his mother never shooting thought. his father you did hear him correct guys incredible incredible story. in their living room in their living room while he was in the back and like wwe allowed him to share that on on their network and on, I mean, on to him too for Having the emotional capacity to share something like yeah, that. Yeah, he, he cracked a few times, and he he. But he's he's clearly you know come to terms with the story and and the real like that it actually happened. I mean, and all in all, the lesson here so far has no been one's that perfect. His, no one's home life is perfect, and you know I've been through mine. You've been through yours. We've all been through it, you know. But Roddy, he has 
powered through it. His and rough used upbringing that to become has an amazing brought superstar. an amazing resilience. Guys, check it out. Give it a listen. Find it on YouTube. Do what you can if you really care about the backstory of Roderick Strong as much as you do his in-ring ability, which I think he has bounds and bounds of. Nick, you're a big fan of his. I mean, I've been watching him for years. It's great to see him in the WWE and get his shot at you know that that the glory he deserves. And um, it's nice that you know they're not just picking and choosing the you know pretty parts of his life. They're letting him tell the full gritty backstory of what Roderick Strong really is. His gritty what backstory going him. to his in-ring career. The guy was trained by Jim the Anvil Neidhart and the British Bulldog. At a teenager's age, they complimented him on how good he was at this. I can't imagine the feeling of being complimented like that from one of your idols. It has an incredible upside too, guys. Who is Roderick Strong? Part 2 available on the May 3rd edition of N. XT. We are dying to say it. While we continue to learn where Roderick Strong gets his last name, Nick, we are on to a big topic on this episode. We have the Back in Black match going on against Kona Reeves, and uh, we've seen Kona Reeves before on the NXT circuit. Yes, we have a bunch of times, and uh, under a few names at this point. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's good to see you know these guys advance at the same time. It does get a little confusing. You know, you guys got to stop, you know, cycling as many names. Kona Reeves, for instance, has had three names since uh, getting to the... the it was uh, Noah twice, right? It was Noah twice, and then there Noah was... something. It was another one, um, but too many names changes, guys. Uh, try to keep it to the one, if uh, not, you know, a second time around. Despite all that, he has kept somewhat of the same personality. He's just a weird Hawaiian it's the dude. general He's same just a idea. general strange guy. Um... He, he he does have that Islander look about him. I and mean, the guy's from uh, Honolulu, like, I should hope so. <laughs> I want to see what he's going to do with that gimmick. Uh, I haven't seen anything really gimmick-based from him yet. No, I mean, his his look is very, you know, he, he's playing to his nationality, and he's just acting weird. What's I don't see the correlation yet, but I do see the in-ring ability as he took on the big new signing, Aleister Black, and we've talked about Aleister Black we saw his first singles match end in a matter of seconds. Kona Reeves tried to take it. He did not make the same mistake as our friend Corey Hollis. Hollis did last week. Corey Hollis. And uh, he rushed Aleister Black, and that was a surprising strategy to me. Nick, how do you feel about uh, Kona Reeves just taking it right to Aleister Black? I feel like it was a very bold decision, and at the same time, I give it to him because uh, a, a, a person like Aleister Black, you have to throw him off his game. You know he's the big card name, and you know he's going to come out hitting hard, fighting strong. Man's a psychological mastermind, too. uh, From his very entrance, you already see him seeping into how his opponent's going to react to him. To get a person like Kona Kona Reeves to run at, you know, go running head first into the the black, it's nice to see, but at the same time, I'm not too surprised the man was uh, trained by Afa of the Wild Samoans. Really? Uh, yeah, he was he was trained by Alpha of the Wild Samoans. He was a uh, part of the WXW. I, I'm I'm not surprised by it because I knew a bit of his backstory and uh, I knew his history. I did a little research on him. It was you know shocking to most NXT fans to see anyone run at Aleister Black the way they did. It was it was definitely a nice change of pace, and it was cool to see that Kona Reeves has the drive to take the initiative 
to go right after. He's a very Alistair. crazy, very crazy, very strange individual. Certainly a bold strategy, as you said before, but a similar finish, a signature setup by Alistair Black. He raised Kona Reeves up with his foot after a riveting kick to the head, and he finished it with another one known as the Black Mass Spinning Wheel Kick. Nick, it gets better and better every single week. It does. The impact of that kick is, as I always say, fantastic. He keeps refining himself, and you can see that he's never happy with what he has, and he just keeps refining and getting better. So it, it's good to see he's still growing, but at the same time, it's great to see that black mass every week. That meditative stance he takes before he executes a big move, that's one of the, you know, one of the signature things that also stands out. He connected with one kick to the head, fell to his state, looked at like he like he was plotting exactly his strategy out, and then set up the black mass again by raising his opponent up with his foot and then kicking the jaw straight off of his head. Another big win for Alistair Black on his way to, again, I, I said it from the beginning, I, I really think he's a superstar. I think he's got the look. I think he's got that it factor. I, I got a good think question he's got for you, a though. very big chance of being a face. I of have NXT. a really good question for you, though. Is he going to move up to main roster WWE, or is he going to the UK exclusive show? Again, he has his fame on the independent circuit, but I think he's going to WWE. Yeah. I think, you know, despite the separation of him being from Holland, I also think that WWE needs characters like Aleister Black. I think it's got main roster appeal. It's got things that already stand out in very much uniqueness, going back to his nameplate. His entrance is, you know, it, it gets better and better every week. Done by a Long Island band incendiary. If you haven't checked those guys out, make sure you do. Good music. I like the sound of it. If you're into Aleister Black's theme music, check out their other records. But uh, pressing right on, we uh, we got Ruby Riot in a heated interview. Ruby Riot cutting a unbelievable promo for the women's division. We Not really haven't shoot. seen a lot of women get as much mic time as Ruby Riot has gotten in her first few weeks. She got her own little entrance video during her match. She's had backstage interview before this, and she clearly has you know superior knowledge of the mic and how to get the crowd riled up. So the WWE is, you know, letting her go. She's right somebody on the front coming in with, with a very much established character, and I right think she just has to go back to what you know what made it work. I guess in in, o, in OVW in the other open circuits, in I'm sure Shimmer, as we discussed last week. But this promo was really, really inter- this interview was really all about Ruby Riot saying she's not going to conform to Sanity's ways because she hasn't conformed to anybody's ways, and that starts with going through Nikki Cross to the NXT Women's Championship. Now, going back to our friend Andrade Cien Almas, Nick, we saw him later in the taping leaving Full Sail with a car full of ladies. A gaggle of women. Despite his loss. Is this party boy mindset a big factor in what you were discussing before about how, despite him losing, he still has this cocky attitude? I'm telling you, like he's pumping himself up too high. He's going too far with this mindset it's just it's going to end up costing him in the end and it's going to set him back in my mind i think that the man has gained too much ground to you know start setting himself back now and to be clouded by women and fame is just 
I think if you party the way Andrade Cien Almas looks to on a Wednesday, I could only imagine his Fridays and what kind of condition he's going to be in for an NXT TakeOver match. I think that might explain his I'm unsuccessful just, match against Aleister Black in the... <laughs> I think that's just one of the many reasons why he's, you know, lost to Aleister Black, Drew McIntyre. He's he's not taking the competition in NXT seriously enough, and he needs to, you know, recognize that there are some imposing factors and that he's not as big of a star as he thinks he is. I mean, CN 100, he's... Uh... He's not exactly playing like a 100. He's he's uh, he's maybe breaking 50% right honestly, now, given his win-loss record. Maybe. I'm, I'm not impressed. The UK Championship match between Tyler Bate and Jack Gallagher. That's coming up, Nick. We have a continuation of the Ruby Riot and Nikki Cross chaos. A sanctioned match by William Regal made earlier in the evening. And Nikki Cross jumping Ruby Riot as she made her entrance to the ring. And it just picked up exactly where it did about... 25, 30 minutes ago. And it these women have not missed an inch, despite the fact having torn each other apart earlier in the evening. Just keep coming at each other. And Ruby just, she doesn't seem intimidated by it. I think that's that's what she's got working for her right now. She needs to keep that going, because as soon as she lets the you know intimidation of the sanity set in, she's, she's done. She's beat. The crossbody breaking through security and landing... She, she took out, again, full-sized men who look like potential NXT talents. Again, calculated crazy. The calculated style that is Ruby Riot works. And it's going to work for her all the way up to the main roster. The calculated crazy is going to play into effect in a crazy and chaotic scenario. As we also learned, Nick, a women's division number one contender match, Battle Royal. Cannot. Taking place on May 3rd. Oscar's, Oscar's competition search, we're going to narrow it down and we'll be talking about it on episode 5. Who's your but, pick? Who's your personal pick? Like, who do you want to see win? Like, who do I want to see win? Yeah, who do you want to see win? Who do you want to see come out of this as the number one contender to our NXT Women's Champion? I don't think anybody's taking the belt away from the Empress of Tomorrow. I think Oscar's going to vacate her title before anything else happens. Who do I want to see for a quality matchup? I want to see Ember Moon Asuka too. That's where my heart is at. I want to see Asuka beat her without a referee distraction. I see the hard kicking in front of me already. And it's it's going to be quite a chaotic scenario next week. Who is your pick in the Battle Royal? Alright, well, I'm going to be honest with our viewers. You kind of stole my pick. But <laughs> I'm going to go on the, on the offensive like I like to do because I like to create some waves. And I'm going to say, dark horse. Nah, I'm going to say Peyton Royce because I want to see the iconic duo get their hands on Asuka alone. Not in some fatal four-way where they're kind of against each other and sort of pitted against each other. I want to see Peyton Royce versus Asuka. And then you got Billy, Billy Kay on, on the ringside. outside. And that is the way that, you know, like, yeah, it's a bit shady. Sure. But, but Asuka's losing. She could be put in her place. Because they're better heels than Asuka ever will be. Ugh, devious women in the iconic duo. We'll all see how that plays out. We also want to know how Battle you Royal. guys feel about this. So how do you guys feel? Who's your pick? Do you agree with me? Do you agree with Nick? Do you have some other underdog names that you want to... We Maybe haven't Liv seen Morgan. a Dark Horse. Give us a Dark Horse answer. Be bold. And please, hit up the Twitter. At podcast underscore UF. Now moving on to the main event. Now, now for the gold. The now it's the golden. It's the gentlemen, Jack Gallagher taking on Tyler Bate, the 19-year-old prodigy for the United Kingdom Championship. Nick, 
a human game enough. of chess in this match. It was beautiful. It was technical. It was it was what you watch when you think wrestling. Yes. It brought me back to the days of like watching Brett and um, Bob Backlund. Brett and Bob Backlund getting in the ring and like them just like going as hard as they could, like no one else was watching. It 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 really brought me back to like early '90s style wrestling, real, real submission specialist, grapple grapple based submission specialist style. It was it was really nice. It was a nice change of pace. It was nice to see the uh, the full sail. Uh, crowd react. See, you wouldn't in think it's you wouldn't way. think it's live action wrestling because it wasn't high flying stuff. It, yeah, wasn't it wasn't suicide diving. There was very little action on the outside, and it still got a standing ovation. Fan for two beautiful fantastic. close bridges that happened on a near two count on both competitors. There were wrist locks applied by gentleman Jack Gallagher, and overall Tyler Bates' power coming into play. And the match would finish with an adrenaline rush. I say about Bates, like and I, a Tyler I, I like, Driver '97. Nick, your thoughts on the champion? Uh, the, the, the champ, he, I like it. Like he, he's subtle changes. You know, he's got the new facial hair, and then adding to the mustache know, mountain. He added, yeah, he already added to the tights. You know, same color, but he added the the subtle little mustache mountain. I believe it said mustache mountain. It said uh, something about the mustache on his tights also, and he had a little mustache imprint, and then. Uh, the the quirky little jacket. I, I like the, uh, the, the jacket. Letterman, the jacket, the Letterman jacket. It was it was nice. I believe that's nice his progress attire. Touches. I like it. You know, it's like oh, I, I've I've been officially signed. I'm I'm no longer a free agent. I'm I'm an official I'm WWE officially signed, signed by the WWE. Okay, like yeah, I, I'm, I, I'm I pretty like sure that that, that was his progress attire. Uh, I think he uh, I think he managed to take a few things with him from uh, from his faction with Trent Seven. And Pete Dunne, British strong style. And uh, speaking of one Pete Dunne, I thought he was going to cause a riot at ringside. He looked, Man looked like he was staring a hole. He looked completely enthused in one he Tyler Bates win. He was staring a hole through Tyler Bates. <laughs> he didn't care. He was looking right through the man, right at that belt. Thank you for breaking up my sarcasm for those who might have not have picked that up. Pete Dunne is going to be the biggest heel in this UK division. That is my the boldest prediction for I the show. I love that name, the Bruiserweight. A little Dan O'Brien uh, tribute on his on his attire I, as well. That, as that, something was, I that, was, that was cool. But like the Bruiserweight gimmick, like that's going to take him places even beyond the UK uh, show, which is... Huge coming. fan of the in, UK This division. is in quotes. This is... Very soon. Uh, Very soon, this, according to that's, Tom that's, Phillips. Tom Phillips said that specifically on episode 389 of his uh, during and at the end of the match. So we're quoting you here, Tom. Hey, right here one, on the Undisputed one thing, uh, Podcast. We are quoting you and holding you to your word, too. We, uh, we take that to heart, and we're hoping to see something at least by the end of the summer. In, in my view, that's, that's very soon. Let's talk about commentary for that match now that you bring up Tom Phillips. It was a pleasure listening to Nigel McGinnis call this United Kingdom Championship match. I like I like the contrast that he brings. I enjoy Nigel McGinnis so much on the NXT. His knowledge um, of the United Kingdom wrestling scene certainly definitely showed. He referenced Johnny Saint, a trainer at the Performance Center, with that amazing escape by Tyler Bate. His in-ring knowledge is... I, I, I love that he knows every little tiny hole that they're trying... And you know the reversals by name, very um, intricate, and who's who's referencing who, who's you know who's move, who's maneuvers, you know, where they used, were inspired, where this by. wrist lock came from, where that chokehold came from. The man 
he added just enough to that match tonight to yeah, make WWE it even has feel that, that, that way more special. Three. I don't know why they have the need to have three right now. I, I feel like it's overwhelming at times. I feel like a three-man booth can be overwhelming at times. I don't... I, but on only the, one on man. That, There's only one man who on truly that. figured it out, and that's Mauro Ronaldo. And On that three-man booth idea, I, you know, there's a few people who can do a three-man booth sometimes. We've seen it. We've seen, I mean, Corey Graves can hang with anybody. Yeah, absolutely. Corey Graves and Booker T, I think, are doing very good work on Raw. They are. Michael Cole is in the middle, although professional as can be. And given the chance, goes back to the United Kingdom Championship commentary. The Beast in the East special. When he's not getting yelled at and forced buzzwords, I truly enjoy his commentary. Love all of WWE's commentary. Mauro Ronaldo, like Nick mentioned, a very big inspiration to me. Really, I'll follow him wherever he calls the action. It's just really disappointing not to hear him call wanna... SmackDown Live anymore. But that's SmackDown Live. That's Tuesday night. Yeah, I want to I get back to the match real quick. I mean... In the match, you could you could you could see it. Gallagher had the you know he had his goat the entire time. He had the he was cl- very clearly the ring veteran. Like he had every absolute time. Every time yeah, thank you. For, absolute you know, control. He had manipulation of Tyler Bates' match. body. He had you know the entire ring. Just anywhere he moved, he had him pinned down or you know fighting to get out of some sort of a hold. The armbar from Jack Gallagher's back. Leaning on his back into a roll-up, and then another beautiful wrist lock into a front cover. Jack was pinning him from so many different predicaments. Again, a human game of chess, an incredible matchup, adding a lot of prestige to the United Kingdom division. We saw the other outside talents in Mark Andrews, Pete Dunne, Wolfgang, Guys, if I'm forgetting anybody, Twitter. Please let us know. Podcast underscore UF. But those are the three that stand out to me. I think it was only me. three. I am a huge Mark Andrews fan. High-flying and stage-diving. Wolfgang, the big man of the division. And the bruiserweight Pete Dunne. I, again, cannot wait to see what becomes of the United Kingdom division. To all my United Kingdom-based listeners out there, I know you're out there. Please give me as much insight as you possibly can to the show. I'll do anything I can to help as well. Nick, final thoughts on the United Kingdom Championship. I feel like Jack Gallagher was way more intense than he usually is going into matches. Quick question about that. Like, do you think it was a personal thing? Do you think he was, you know, personally insulted by the fact that he wasn't asked to be a part of the UK tournament or the show? Jack knew what he was getting into. He signs to be part of the Cruiserweight Classic. And, you know, I I assume that would carry over to his responsibilities on 205 Live. I don't think anybody would just let him up and jump ship on divisions like that. But do I think there's a place for Jack Gallagher in the United Kingdom division? Absolutely. I think the man can carry his character anywhere and it'll work. I think the audience might just be a little bit different where there might even be a little bit more show of appreciation for the gentleman. Definitely agree. All right, guys. Wraps it up for this week, episode four. We did it. Catch up. Binge watch weekend has been a major success Thank you, Nick, for sitting through many episodes of NXT with me. Some for a second time. Always a pleasure to watch in the ring. Always a pleasure to sit in the studio and discuss it with you guys. Again, at podcast underscore UF. Hit up the Twitter, Undisputed Future Podcast. Hit up the Facebook, backslash Undisputed Future. Hit up the SoundCloud. That's got to be your main source. iTunes is coming soon. I promise. I'm not yanking your chain. I know how technology works, but being an adult is hard. 
me and my buddy here, we're on different work schedules. We're doing everything possible to bring you live from the couch to the studio recording reactions for episode four of the Undisputed Future podcast. This is CD Danny Mac and Nikki Six. Thanks, guys, for listening. Episode four, wrapping up. Episode five, we will see you on May 3rd.